all you punk rockers out there. I'm assuming you're a punk rocker if you're listening to the program. This, this is the punk rock demonstration. We just heard Firecracker 500 with a song called Paul. I'm Jack. My website is punkrockdemo.com and the show is Punk Rock Demonstration. So we're going to be playing an interview with The Freeze today. And if you don't know who The Freeze are, you're going to find out all about them today. Well, tonight, or today if you're listening on the other side of the world, in which you could actually tune in on Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, and you'll hear the show again. Our shows are normally 7 p.m. until 9 p.m. on Mondays, Pacific Time. So, we're going to take a listen to the Freeze interview. We did this one a couple weeks ago at the airliner in Los Angeles, and... Here we go with the freeze. We're right here with the freeze. What's your name and what do you do in the band? I'm DB. I play guitar. My name is Mollusk. I play bass. My name, I'm Cliff Hanger. I'm the Maricopa County chairman of Nambla. So who's the original members of the band? Is it just you, Cliff? No, there were there were other original members, but oh, you mean today? Yeah, playing today? Well, uh, me, me, me. What did you do with all the other members of the band? I buried them along with the little girls and so long ago. <laughs> wow. So when did the freeze start? I don't really think we even ever really ever got started. But no, ni- but 1979, probably. Yeah. Any particular reason why starting the freeze and picking the name the freeze? Uh, only because it, at, at 17, uh, it sounded like it fit in with the Ramones, the Clash, the Sax Pistols, the Buzzcocks, the Damned. You know, it just sounded uh, kind of forceful, you know, aggressive and relevant to us at 17, you know. Now it sounds generic but to me, but... It still has a cool logo, the freeze. Oh, I, I like the, like the, the, barn, the, the Flintstone-esque kind of carved out of granite look. Yeah, it's nice, it's nice, I like. So where's the freeze from? Webster's Dictionary, I think it will be a good place to start. Maybe right, no, it's from uh, Cape Cod, Massachusetts. It's about an hour and a half outside of Boston. Real touristy place. The Kennedys are known from being there. Right in the ocean with the great white sharks and all my friends that live underwater, you know. And I noticed you're eating a lemon. Does that help with uh, fixing vocal cords? No, it helps with me throwing peels at my guitarist over here. Like, <laughs> enlighten him on fire later on may somewhat. Lemon juice is flammable, by the way, you know. I haven't tried lighting a lemon, but... <laughs> we'll try tonight. Yeah, I'm going to squirt you with it. We'll, like, <laughs> So we were talking about what is the most interesting thing about the freeze that nobody would ever know about unless we listen to this, and you said that this is your third show playing sober. Oh, I lied about that, but um, <laughs> um, no. Basically, that I, David is actually the Maricopa County chairman of the National Man Boy Love Association. That's probably something nobody knows. He's over there. He's looking at me kind of disgustedly because it was a secret he kept. You've been keeping for a long time, but his. And um, this is really, we're okay, we doing an interview, not talking about fucking food. Fucking jerk. All right. <laughs> Nothing. No, what, no, nobody knows. Um, let's see. It's a one-syllable name. This, and I, I tend to try to find myself living in a polysyllabic world, you know, and I hardly ever use one word, one-syllable words, okay? So... So, but so is a one-syllable word. I try not to use it, but I just did. As I made a mistake by using a one-syllable word. That's it. That's it. I know that's a treasure trove of information that everybody will enjoy out there. I'm still wondering if he's lying or not. <laughs> What's polysyllabic mean to you? Good question. Let's talk about some of your songs. You've got like some interesting lyrics in your songs, very dark lyrics. Some of them are like taboo. How did these songs come about? 
by neurochemistry imbalance, basically, and um, drug use, drug abuse. No, I'm drug abuse. No, no, no. Proper drug use of illegal drugs sent my mind elsewhere to a place that I wouldn't normally be, but I tend to enjoy being at. And that's as far as I'm going to fucking elaborate now on that, so until I have more lemon, okay? Then I can, I'll be able to, like, what are you laughing at, sugar pants? It sounds like I need some lemon, too. <laughs> Uh-oh. Ah! I'm getting showered by lemons. So the song P2P, it's one of my favorite songs. Does that have anything to do with drugs or anything? I found a recipe to cook. <laughs> P2P is phenyl-2-propylamine. It's what's missing in today's methamphetamine that used to make biker crank really good stuff. It's one of the main chemicals that used to go into it. You can no longer find it. It's no longer... So you must create... Uh, what do we call the, the, uh, the ways around the, uh, the I, I've already elaborated on that in Professor Red Eye um, anyway uh, I found a recipe to cook methadrine I bought some P2P from an ex-marine yeah right okay well anyway it's, it's, a, it's one of the main precursors that's highly illegal that goes into making methamphetamine so if they listen to that song they'll know all about how to make drugs that's more, that's more Professor Red Eye um, that's one false move. I don't know if you know that one, but that, that's that's the only character on that album that actually lives and retires successfully. Was the guy that ran the, the methamphetamine lab. Everyone else died horrible deaths, in ways I would like to go myself in a way, but not really. But maybe. You have noticed that the artwork on all those albums are quite exotic. Who did the artwork for it, and any ideas behind those? You ever you know Edward Gorey? Ever heard of Edward Gorey? No, I haven't. Edward Gorey. Um, the late Edward Gorey, um, world famous like uh, artist illustrator of over a hundred books, which they still don't know how to categorize in bookstores, you know, whether it's um, children's or horror or humor or whatever, all the above. But um, uh, he did the opening animation credits for uh, PBS's Mystery Theater. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Or he's won a Tony Award for uh, costume design for a Broadway production of Dracula. Um, and he happened to live right down the road from us, uh, from me, from me anyway. And uh, I was, was probably the, one of the highlights of my life was, you know, establishing a friendship with him at someone of his, his not only not only like his stature, but like I just always looked up to him for uh, just pushing the envelope, pushing the edge. Back in the early 1960s, he was putting out really risque books and stuff. You know, the book called The Gashly Crumb Tinies. Well, it's a book of, you know, all the children died by the alphabet. And the, you know, A is for Amy who fell down the stairs. You see a little innocent little girl floating down the stairway about to die, you know. B is for Basil eaten by bears, a little schoolboy surrounded by bears. And, and it came out in, like, 1963. And um, I struck up a friendship with him, just, like, talking about, like, uh, you know, you know, would you sign my playbill? Or, yeah, sure, sure. I live right down the road from you. I don't know if you knew that. We sit talking, and I told him I was in a, in a band. I go, yeah, probably nothing you'd enjoy at all. And he goes, uh, well, what kind of, I go, well, can you describe it? And he's like, I'm trying to think of what would a 74-year-old guy, you know, know that, like, out of punk bands or something. And I'm, I was like, I, I don't know, have you ever, you wouldn't like it. It's like the, like the Dead Kennedys or the Ramones. Or, he goes, I listen to them. I go, you do? Huh? And he goes, why wouldn't I? And I'm like, I don't. <laughs> Sorry, I, and writing, I was speechless. You know, I looked up to the guy right away. Anyway, you know, and, and uh, he's like, 
I'd like to hear the music. And so I brought him over a, a rough copy of um, what we just recorded for One False Move. And, and um, he, I, he, I saw him a couple of weeks later and he goes, I really, really enjoyed, really enjoyed that. I go, you did? He goes, why wouldn't I? I go, again, you know, it's like a, a speechless man. Uh, thanks. I go, and then it, it just popped up. I said, like, I noticed that, you know, in all the work you've done, that you've never done any album art for any other bands, or any bands at all. He goes, what would you like me to do? And I was like, really? And then we're talking like a really well-known, established artist. It was like Charles Adams, but a thousand times more macabre and better to me. Is like, you know, more on the edge, just a cool guy, man. It's like, and um, he goes, I, I, you know, I, I don't know what to talk about, how we could pay him or anything, because we don't have any money. You know? like, and uh, he goes, I, it's up to you. I mean, if you, I take it you understand what the the uh, the, the, the themes are because they kind of like roughly, you know, represent a lot of the stuff he sings. I mean, he writes about himself. And um, you know, he came back a couple weeks later and he, he gave me the two original art pieces for front and back cover art. And and uh, anyway, that's like probably our most well known cover as far as like you know having any artwork done for it. Rabbit, rabbit reaction. This thing here, you know. I don't know if you recognize that at all, but it's got a tattoo of what is that? Was well, it's, it's? I took it out of Monsters of Filmland magazine back in like 1984. It's the beast that never sleeps. It's when he first started doing methamphetamine. But it, <laughs> there's a little inside joke there. And okay, something no one really knows. Take a good look at the back cover of Rabbit Reaction. You can see a little rock of methamphetamine in my nostril and a white ring around Bill Close's nose too, and it's methamphetamine. Yeah, you can't prove it today, you know, you're not, under, you're not an undercover cop or anything, right? Okay, you no, don't, not yet. Well, they wouldn't, you, these days you don't even have to admit you are, you know, they can brush you anyway. But we're not going to go off on that tangent, although maybe we already have, okay? So that's enough out of me. Okay, anyway, but this theater is probably our other well-known thing here. And besides that, probably the best artwork of all is on the I Hate Taurus cover, right? Wouldn't you say the first one, first single? Yeah. It's good, it's good, yeah. What the fuck, Eric? <laughs> Help me out here, I'm drowning! So now we know why uh, some of the artwork is so dark and uh, the lyrics of uh, the freeze are so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to express myself as best as I possibly can, and I really am not able to enunciate words. Or get them out like I want to! That's what happens you're sucking on lemons. <laughs> this is mainly, it mainly it's, it's good for jock itch also. I can show you how it works if you like right now, but... This sounds like it's time to play some songs by The Freeze. Let's take a listen to P2P since we've been talking about P2P with The Freeze out here. You're listening to the punk rock demonstration out here at the airliner in Los Angeles.
Welcome back. That was Explanation Day by The Freeze. We're out here with The Freeze. And we've got another member that joined for The Freeze. What's your name and what do you do in the band? Uh, my name's Aaron. I play the drums. Halmerson. So how did you meet up with Cliff and join the band The Freeze? Not quite sure yet. I met Cliff at the hospital. I felt sorry. No. <laughs> so how long have you been in The Freeze? I've been in The Freeze for about a year and a half. How's it like? Crazy? Smooth sailing? It's all right. I don't know. I can't complain yet. I don't know. <laughs> it's going good. It's going good. So, what are your one of your favorite songs by The Freeze? Oh, I like Explanation Day. It's, that's fun. Um, everything on Rabid Reaction. I like that album a lot. So, does anyone know what Explanation Day is all about? It's about going to court and having to explain yourself. Because this man goes to court a lot and has to explain himself. <laughs> What's he go to court for? Having to go to jail and lose all your freedoms that you have as a citizen of this country. How's that for being productive, Cliff? I'll tell you what, I'll tell you actually exactly what Explanation Day is about. A friend of mine was who ran a, helped run a meth lab back home, a rarity in itself, which is back outside the Boston area, was turned in by, a, was knocked on by somebody that we didn't know at the time who it was. Found out later was the person that introduced me to the guy. But anyway... I thought to myself, while wow, this guy was serving 20 fucking years in Leavenworth prison for just asking a DE, undercover DEA agent how much a certain amount of P2P would cost him, right? Which is getting back to the P2P deal. He gets sentenced to 20 fucking years in Leavenworth. And I'm thinking to myself, like, if I fucking get knocked on like that, the last fucking thing I do is settle down and fucking wait for my sentence to I go hunt the fucking guy down, and if I could get away with it, I'd fucking kill him because my life would be over anyway. And that's what it's about. It's about going and fucking hunting your fucking knockdown and just getting an explanation out of the guy before you fucking, now nobody will win. Fucking, he's going to, you know, go fuck him. So if you narc on somebody, you're a bad person, Cliff? No, you deserve all the extra money the police pay off you in bribes for it. No, no, right, you deserve all that. And then you deserve to be shot in the fucking head. But, uh, Sounds like all these songs are uh, coming together. It's all about people loving people. P2P, person <laughs> to person. Right. So it brings you to Los Angeles. A wrong turn on the highway. Same thing that brought me to Phoenix. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. So you've got this song about this is Boston, or this album called This is Boston, not L.A., but you've covered this song by the Germs, an L.A. band called Lexicon Devil. Any coincidence behind that? Someone asked me to ask you that question. You can go tell that person to put a gun to their head and fucking go shoot themselves, okay, as far as I'm concerned. Or either that if they're young, right? Dave, our guitarist, might take him under his wing as the new chairman of Nambla. But... <laughs> um, is there a no, there's no fucking coincidence, no. Boston, LA, I'll say it for the one millionth time, uh, was written not with an album title in mind. It was written by us who were, we preceded the Boston hardcore scene by a year or two. And so we kind of saw it developing, you know. And as it was developing, you know, instead of like, just like we had to do, because we really had no, nobody else around us. Like, when we started... Our, we started the freeze. There was nobody in the punk rock on Cape Cod. Nobody, except for four other people besides myself who just happened to play different instruments, you know. And so we—I mean, we really shouldn't even be a band. We just got lucky along the way, you know. But these band, the bands in Boston, great bands, you know. But at the at the start, you know, instead of like 
sitting at home and fucking come up with their own shit. They, you know, being like away from it to a degree, you know, like living outside of the city. I just saw like them like if whatever Black Flag did, you know, some of them would do. You know, whatever the Circle Jerks did, some of this, all the some of their songs would like come out like that. And then it, 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 and it was like if you listen to the lyrics, if you dance, it, we're talking to the Boston bands. Telling them to be themselves. Fuck LA when it comes to establishing your own identity as a band. And that's that's what Modern Method, the, the record label at the time that put that album out, great marketing ploy, I suppose. You know, it, it created like scene competition, which was never meant to be that way at all. If, if any band from Boston sounds, has a California, Southern California early punk sound, it's probably us. You know, if you're gonna like go that route. I mean, Gangrene doesn't, FUs don't, Jerry's kids certainly don't. Proletariat don't. No, none of, none of them. We, we probably have the, the most California early bad religion kind of stuff, you know, whatever sounding, you know, songs of anybody. But again, we also like, they, we, we're their contemporaries basically too, you know, it's like we came up at the same time they did. It's like we didn't draw from them. We just happened to be like them, Mariah. Um, yeah, I always thought the freeze was well. When I first heard the freeze, I thought they were from California until I looked up where they came from, and they're not from California. I don't like being called the Boston hardcore band. I don't even like being called a hardcore band. I just like being called the freeze. I mean, we're a punk rock band. Yeah, so, talk about record labels and everything like that. How did you get associated with Doctor Strange? And I hear they're releasing new stuff, re-releasing new old stuff. Bill Plaster, Doctor Strange, as far as record label owners go, along with Modern Method. Um, I would say uh, uh, the, the most honest, true to the core, especially Bill and Dr. Strange, punk label owners that I've ever worked with, and I've worked with quite a few. You know, Tang Records, I've got, you know, I, I, that's in the past now, I really, I'm not going to go off on the negative role on them anymore, but... Again, I don't have anything really positive to say about him, except they did give us a second chance, really, with Misery Loves Company. Um, Lost and Found in Germany, that put out a few of our albums, basically a European tang. You know, I'm not, again, I'm not going to go off in the negative role I could go on. I've done that too many times already. Um, Bill Plaster, yeah, he's been probably the most supportive person to us in the States since the early 80s. And I'm with us. He's worked with us. He's a great guy. We're looking forward to putting out a new album with him. We have a new EP that's going to be coming out um, in just a couple months um, on Doctor Strange. Um, nothing bad to say about him at all. Any bands out there that if you can get signed by Doctor Strange, get, go to it. Go to it. Go for it. Nothing but good stuff about it. I think it matches the freeze perfectly with all the strange artwork and the strange lyrics. <laughs> And, and that lovely guy with the syringe and the stuff, and like, oh yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. Let's take another song off of uh, another one of your albums. Let's take a listen to Insanity. Oddly, I guess we don't need to explain what that one is all about. Oddly enough, <laughs> oddly, oddly enough, I didn't write the lyrics to that. So who wrote the lyrics to that one? Um, uh, Pete Szynski, uh, a bass player that was originally in a band called Leper from Boston. Um, he uh, he played with us on. Basically, I guess just rapid reaction, but um, no, that's a great song. And uh, like lyrically, it had been written. I mean, the song had been written completely by him long before he joined the band. But when he presented it to the band for a song to play, hey, that fits wonderful. Fits in wonderful. You know, fits in perfectly. Subject-wise, when you say. 
So let's take a listen to that song. It's called Insanity by The Freeze. You're listening to the punk rock demonstration out here with The Freeze in Los Angeles.
was the band's waiting by the freeze. We're out here with the freeze in Los Angeles. So the band's waiting. The lyrics to that song is pretty obvious. Is that a real life song? I think it was for the guys at the time. I think it really uh, that was where they were coming from because uh, they were always waiting for Cliff, and he would be just around the corner. And as the lyrics say, just around the corner, you know. So. Yeah, so what? How does the freeze keep going all these years with all these lineup changes? By believing in what we do, I guess. You know, it's like uh, new faces mean new ideas. Also, one of the things I think, one of the main reasons I think we've been able to, is, you know, to establish such a, a long career, I guess, is the, by the fact that we never really reached this, a peak and fell. Like, you never hear about a band that's really signed to a major label, gets dropped, and maintains any sort of, you know, viability at all. So you're continuing to grow all the time because you're... Again, hopefully, you know, we, Hopefully it's a slow, a slow rise. You know, it's been a really slow rise, bumpy along the way, obviously. You know, but hopefully, and we we never change us. We try to not change our direction sound-wise. You know, we're a punk band. You're not going to get any fucking heavy metal ACDC riffs out of us. You know, it's like that. You're not going to get pop fucking songs out of us. You're not going to get Depeche Mode sounding shit out of us. You know, you pretty much know what to expect. And hopefully we can surprise you a bit with, um, you know, we do what we do. We're just going to try to do it better every time we do it. That's all, you know. It's like what you get, what, you, what you've heard is what you're going to get. Hopefully just better each time you put it out. That's all. You say you're releasing a new album in a couple of weeks. What should we expect from that? Well, be, it's, it's going to be a four-song, a three-song EP, 45. One new song on it, brand new song called Somebody's Been Bleeding. Uh, a cover of... Um, the um, band by the called early early Boston punk band from about 76, 77 called the Nervous Eaters. A song called No More Idols. Um, written by Steve Cataldo, a drummer early for basically our original drummer's older brother, um, who uh, also went on to produce Rabbit Reaction, Misery Loves Company, uh, Crawling Blind, for us, and it's just a great song, kind of. They were like the Boston Dead Boys for a bit, you know. It's like, and then well, so it's gonna it was when the, what else is on that? I forget now. It's when the scum dries, or is calling on you on that? I forget. Um, what was it when the blood dries, or yeah, and uh, the Nervous Eater song, and uh, right, yeah, those are the three albums. I don't know if um, most people have never heard it, um, but we put out a uh, a four song um, CD single. Uh, 2014, 2013, uh, called uh, Blood Flows Home. One of the songs on there is called When the Scum Dries. And uh, it's about a, um, <coughs> a uh, young lady that uh, happened to uh, go off into an adulterous uh, avenue that um, I could sort of relate to uh, and uh, in, a, in a sad way. And um, I, because it's kind of a close thing to me, I'm going to keep that at that point there, and that's all. And, and it's not a love song, okay? I'll put it that way. But. Sounds good to me. What kind of bands were you into at the time, since you said there weren't that many bands out there that were into punk back then? It's the usual route into punk that you hear about. Uh, you know, for people my age, you know, I was like 13, 14, or whatever. 
Alice Cooper, Black Sabbath, you know, the usual bands like that, David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, and then all of a sudden, I was listening to the college radio station in 1977, and I was 16, and um, yeah, they have to play certain songs from certain in a certain rotation, like certain. And the DJ didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. He, he goes, Here's a, "I got to play this song by uh, this band called the the Ramones. The song's called Teenage Lobotomy." You know, and it's like. I was like, oh, you know, I'd heard about punk rock, you know, I read about it in Cream Magazine, and I was kind of seen shit in this about the Sex Pistols on TV, you know, the Clash or whatever, the whole thing. But I never heard anything by any punk bands. And when I heard the first opening shit, I was like, man, this is like fucking Black Sabbath paranoid, but fucking funny, and it's like, you know, but still relevant lyrically, and, and like had an energy I'd never heard before, but perfect for a fucking 16, 17 year old. And I was just like, I turned the volume all the way up, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, you know, I was like, me and a, friend, a best friend of mine that started the band with me, this guy Rob the Cradle, who's called, on a, anyway, this name on I Hate Taurus, went out to a, a local record store, but every album that looked remotely punk rock, you know, it's like first Saints album, you know, the Dead Boys, Stranglers, just Buzzcocks, just everything. And back then, you really couldn't go to the Damned, and this, you know, you couldn't really go wrong with what you bought back then, you know, it's like. It, it was just all fucking new and all just fucking just like fuck you and everything. It's like I, I mean we used to get, we used to get just to wear just by wearing a Sex Pistols pin or something where we grew up used to get us beat up. You know it's like and I it was just so bands we were into were those kind of bands like I just mentioned right there. As we started the band and then basically I don't know maybe even '78 it might have been but we didn't put anything out to 1980. Um, you know, along the along the way, there were the UK subs were a big influence on me and uh, and Bill Close, who ended up being my songwriting partner for like 25 years, right through from Guilty Face at, at 13 years old. He was on, on guitar and that, right through you know one false move. You know, his last thing he played on, but he still plays with us now and then. He lives out here. Well, now we've got bands that are influenced by the Freeze. Like there's a song by uh, the Unseen called Talking Bombs. So who came up with that song first, the Unseen or? Uh or the freeze since it came out in like the 80s, I hear. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was on Misery Loves Company, an album we came out and put out in 1990. Um, it, it's a classic Bill Close. It really is. A, yeah, and me, like I say, me and Bill collaborated on almost everything. And, you know, he, he wrote the music, I wrote the lyrics, and the Unseen did a great job, you know, I think with it. And I think they made it so the, the freeze are more well known by covering that song. To, they brought it to a younger crowd, you know, and definitely, I, yeah, no, I, agree. I agree. I'm glad that, you know, thank you to the Unseen for doing that. You know. Anybody else that wants to do that, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking about Whitney Houston's, uh, uh, what was, was that song? I was just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those of the people that don't know that song, uh, what was it? <laughs> the one by Dolly Parton, I can't remember the name of the song. <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking of Whitney Houston, too. What a coincidence that was. <laughs> yeah, let's take a listen to that song. It's called Talking Bombs by The Freeze, and then I'll figure out what that Whitney Houston song was later. You'll see the punk rock demonstration out here with The Freeze in Los Angeles.
So that was Talking Bombs by The Freeze right here with The Freeze and you're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration, my website punkrockdemo.com. Where can people find more information about The Freeze? Ask Nambler. Mr. Nambler. He's nambling about over there. Dave! Dave! DB! Question for you. We've got the person that hasn't talked all night to uh, tell us what The Freeze's website is. Oh, it's, uh, we don't have one. <laughs> I guess he's not going to talk anymore. <laughs> so where can people find more information about the freeze? I don't know. <laughs> uh -oh. On another note. We're working on a website. Will you tell them where? Jesus Someday. Christ. What? Oh, yeah. You can go to uh, www.facebook.com rabid reaction. Forward, forward slash rabid reaction. Got it. <laughs> Well, I guess you can go on there and find out if it's The Freeze's website. <laughs> you Google The Freeze Punk. That's all. I... Make sure you put the word punk in there, otherwise you'll come up with refrigerators or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, you'll come up with where I live, probably. Yeah, like stock market freeze, or you'll get, like, frozen. Global warming, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so I just remembered what that uh, song by Dolly Parton was that Whitney Houston covered, so if you don't know who... If you didn't know that Whitney Houston was covering Dolly Parton's I Will Still Love You, now you're going to hear Dolly Parton's I Will Still Love You. And you're listening to the punk rock demonstration. We've been talking with the Freeze. And anything else you want to say? No, but there's only two things I think about when I think of Dolly Parton. Too bad uh, nobody can see what he did. So, <laughs> so here's Dolly Parton with uh, I Will Still Love You. <laughs> You've been listening to the punk rock demonstration. Thanks for listening.
bittersweet memories That's all I am taking with me We both know that I'm not what you need But I will always love you I will always love you I hope life you kind and I hope that you have all that you ever dreamed of and I wish you joy and happiness but above all of this I wish you love This is Mollusk from The Freeze, and you're listening to Punk Rock Demonstration. was The Freeze with Professor Red Eye, and we talked about that song in the interview with The Freeze earlier, 
and before the freeze we heard Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You. So we're done with the interviews and now we're going to play plenty of more punk rock because it's the punk rock demonstration. We play interviews and learn how to make methamphetamine by listening to an interview with the freeze and some other stuff. So we're going to play plenty more punk rock now and I guess the punk rock will continue with this next band. They're called Generation 84 and the song is called Putting Music in Its Place. What gets the tumors be? A fucking music noob! If you think that well agree with you, we're guessing you're bored. A fucking culture war. Why invite you to try and do the drums?
Some Imperial Leather with Room 8-3, and then Police Bastard before that with God Off. Slow Children with Face the Facts was before Police Bastard, then the Peacocks with Bitter Times before that. The Insurgents with This Bullet Has No Name was before the Peacocks, and Generation 84 was before the Insurgents. That's how it's called putting music in its place. Let's just take a listen to this next song by Anti-Flag. It's called Shadow of the Dead.
shadow of the dead Still no one remembers them We will be free in the cold of the shadow of the dead You will remember them
don't have to laugh. Don't try to do the opposite. Think to look up a code. Hope I die before we get old. My generation, my generation. Right, I know what to fight about. Bring what made my live legend, Mr. 
song was by no more saints called hiss i absolutely hate digital microphones because they have a hiss in them when you talk too loud when you talk really loud it just explodes with awful distortion where analog it'll just be muffled so anyways that was hiss by no more saints and then before then we had moral liberates with false future the destructors with european sacrifice was before that and channel three with my generation before the destructors and the stitches with Amphetamine Girl was before Channel 3. And now here's a nice song that describes what's going on right now. It is really freaking hot, so we're going to play Reason Why with It's Too Hot.
dying air and people dying everywhere All the world in a decimacan stare Too late to press the restart This world is falling apart No one left to run, no one left to hide From a rising tide Another nine months, one white home. 
With times are getting hard, you've been dealt the bottom card. You can always find your amps while you're sitting at the bar. Down from Coors Light, probably get into a fight. Leave her ass waiting in the car tonight. When nine of us make it, how did I end up naked? Filing in the back of the car. Don't know where the fuck we're at, all the beer is getting flat. Turn around and head back to the bar. Once again, I'm sitting here waiting for the ride we're gonna be taking. She's at home, cooking some bacon. Should've bought a bus pass instead of coke. 
Darlings with Where Do We Go, and then Pipes and Pints before that with Found and Lost, off of the album Found and Lost. As He Does with Chaos was before Pipes and Pints, they're going to be playing in Tijuana over Labor Day weekend. So I wish I could go, but I can't because I've got skin problems. Kill was before As He Does, that song's called Nine Month Ride Home, and then Foreign Legion with Nowhere Left to Hide was before Kill. Now we're going to play plenty of songs that you've never heard of before. And it starts off with Cast Off. This song is called All Is Right.
lot of songs that you've never heard of before that was moral decline with nothing will change and then before then we had gold crush from norway or the netherlands i can't remember which one it was that song's called another train los brigands before gold crush that song's called broke fat skins before that with never a victim and steel toe solution before fat skins that song's called blood sucker and make your mark with what we believe was before steel toe solution and I'll play this last new song that I'll tell you about. It's by the Van Saders. It's called Backseat of Her Car. I'll talk to all next week. And program is every Monday from 7 p.m. until 9 p.m. Pacific time. 
it's called punk rock demonstration and we'll probably have more interviews coming up soon just check out the website punkrockdemo.com for more information so here's the van saders and if we have some time we'll play some more songs you told me that you were leaving thought that i wouldn't mind with bloodshot eyes we drag through the night and dance with whiskey and ryan you drove me back to my mother's house with plans to never draw the line and i told you that you'd miss me when you're gone when you're gone 